Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Hey and welcome, my name is Simon Sander and you're listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. Today I'm especially excited because I have Chris Brogan with me. He's one of my favorite entrepreneurs and he's one of the guys that really inspired me to get into entrepreneurship. If you don't know Chris, he's the CEO of Owner Media Group, which is a media and publishing company. He's a professional keynote speaker with over 1,000 speeches delivered. He's also the New York Times bestseller with eight books and counting. Chris has consulted with the biggest brands in the industry, including Disney, Coke, Google, GM, Microsoft, Sony, and so many more. Chris, why don't you take it from here and tell us a bit more about yourself, besides the formal introduction and something that is exciting for you today. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, it's always hard to follow such a great uh, introduction, but you know, what I really do most days is I show people in some way how to make their business better. Uh, sometimes through how do we use content to build uh, connections with people, how do we then nurture relationships and uh, build out a better community, and how do we help build a better marketplace and make more sales. So I've done uh, advising with a lot of big companies and small companies on how to be human at a distance on the web. And uh, my company mostly sells, for the most part, courses and webinars and speeches and events uh, that help others in getting that to that same level of skill let's go back a bit why did you get started with entrepreneurship in the first place oh you know some people say that they they were born entrepreneurs i really wasn't um i was an employee for a lot of my life but when i had the opportunity i figured that i could try to help people understand how they could build a business the way they wanted to build it and I thought that that would be kind of a fun way to uh, to check things out. So my first efforts at being an entrepreneur were really kind of dopey. Um, but as I went along, I just figured out ways that I could better help people uh, get their businesses together. So Chris, you weren't one of those kids who would set up a lemonade stand and sell a lemonade? I wish. You know, I, I, I very much sometimes think that it would be great to have that kind of a cool background. Uh, but it definitely wasn't me. Uh, I was definitely a very... Um, an employee-based kind of human in, until probably my mid-30s. Chris, let's use that great background information to launch into our first topic, which is a quote or the words you live by. Do you have something like that for us? Yeah, it, it's uh, do, do not go wherever the road may lead, but go where there is no path and leave a trail, which is Ralph Waldo Emerson. And uh, what I like about it is just the fact that it was very much a, um, you know, it, it's this idea that, we don't have to all be the same thing and we don't have to be all from the same place and all that. So I, I like that because I think that so many people think we have to fit in, that we have to be like everybody else. And I definitely uh, have proven that that is not true. Yeah, I really like this quote. Do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Chris, uh, how have you used this quote in the past and how the people in the audience could do the same? Um, I think every day of my life is a lot like that. I, I guess I spend a lot of my time basically coming up with my own way of figuring out the world and and navigating it. So I guess that's pretty accurate. Chris, I hope you don't mind, but I want to take a bit of a different direction now. You have written many books. You put out regular content online. So I'm actually quite excited to ask you the next question. 
If you could teach everyone in the world one thing, what would it be? I love that question. I would probably most want to teach people that what they do matters and that who they are matters and that they're very, uh, you know, their version of how they get there is important. And I think that so many people um, are worried that they're not good enough or they're not, they're not the right person or something like that. And so I'm always trying to find ways to help people get past that. Sometimes it's hard to find meaning in the work we do. Chris, how can we be sure that what we do has a real purpose and meaning behind it? You know, I, I find that the best way, there's two sides to that. So one is to try to um, remember the things that you used to love doing and being before you were worried about what other people thought. And then the second is that always look to help other people. And usually when you find that you're you're losing track of time while you're helping other people, meaning you just can't figure out where all the time has gone, Maybe that's the stuff that's working well. It's in service of others that I think we find most of our happiness. And I think it's also in uh, serving others in a way that comes close to who we are uh, without any editing. It is interesting. Sometimes we just forget that time exists. So let's say you're giving a keynote speech or you're uh, writing content. Do you forget about time? All the time. So when I'm doing, say, for instance, keynote speeches um, and I get a chance to speak to people after the speech and see what they're doing in their life, I am forever forgetting what time it is or, you know, I'm being told by someone I have to go to an airport and I don't want to leave because I'm enjoying getting to know people. Do you think that the same concept applies to, let's say, marriages and the friendships as well? I think so. I mean, of course, there's always times in relationships where things are a little harder and, you know, we might get in arguments or something or it's life's not exactly going the way we want to for a short bit. But I would say that a lot of the time it should feel like, um, you know, you, you've got the best teammate in the world and that you want to tackle everything together. Chris, you've had so much success as an entrepreneur in your past, but I don't want to talk about success right now. I want to talk about an obstacle or a failure you faced in the past. Well, I fail every day. I mean, something goes wrong every day. So, um, you know, a lot of times with failure, there's a few ways it can come about. Sometimes you, 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 it's a failure because you just don't know and you try something and it just doesn't work out and you go, oh, uh, maybe I guess I don't do that anymore. Other times um, we fail because we we miss something. We are going down a particular path and we feel like it's the right path. And we don't realize that others haven't followed us. And we say, oh, uh, maybe this isn't the right way to do what we're trying to get done here. So a lot of times with failure, I think what we most need to do with it is accept and acknowledge where we are and then make the adjustments we need to find a better path so that we we don't have to live too, too long in the failure. Um, I think that it's really strange how many people try to avoid failure and who try to do very little so that they won't accidentally fail. Um, it just seems to me like it's like having a bunch of lottery tickets that you've never opened. You could be very rich right now, but you, you're never going to know until you open them. So you have to fail to find the successes. Do you have a specific story for us which really shaped you as a person? You know, I think because it's been such an everyday thing that there's there's not one that stands out very great. But I would say that, you know, um, there was a time when I realized that when I first started, uh, I don't know, my second or my third company, I hired a bunch of people right away. And at some point I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm working harder than ever just to pay payroll. 
You know, like I, I just couldn't afford even to have the employees that I had because, you know, the business wasn't built that way. I didn't understand enough. And so I, probably one of the worst things that I ever had to do is, you know, lay people off and let them go, even though they didn't really do anything bad. You know, they were good people. They were really good at their jobs. I just wasn't skilled enough to keep them employed because I just I just didn't find enough revenue for us to all thrive together. So that was an unfortunate failure. I learned uh, there was a great book called How to Get Rich uh, by Felix Dennis. The title's kind of a joke, but um, he founded Maxim Magazine and a lot of other you know publications and all that. And he said that overhead walks on two feet, which means that the more people you hire, uh, the more bills you have to pay. And so, you know, I've kept that lesson close to heart that I don't try to hire a lot of people. I just try to hire the right amount of people to make the business run. Chris, thanks for sharing that. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum and tell us a story where you were the happiest in your life. There's probably not one moment, but if you could pick one. Oh, I'm happy every day. I, I think even on days when I fail, uh, you know, I get very nervous sometimes. Like if, if suddenly the revenue isn't going where I want it to go, I, I'm not so happy in that moment. But I'm happy every day because I'll get a letter from someone. They'll tell me that something went well. Um, I'll get a great opportunity to spend time meeting someone that I find interesting or that I enjoy learning. Uh, interviewing Richard Branson uh, for an article was kind of fun. And that, you know, but at the same time, meeting someone like that who's sort of a legendary entrepreneur, I have just as much fun meeting an 83 year old woman who used to do a lot of coaching projects. And who thought that her, her life now was just to lay in a retirement home. And now she's back doing coaching because I told her maybe she has a lot more years left to live. And so uh, that made me happy because here's this woman who has so much knowledge and wisdom to give. And I had a little part in helping her get back on her journey. So I, I take both of those just as happy. And, you know, most any day I'm with my kids, I'm happy. So that's good, too. I think that everybody in the audience knows who Richard Branson is. What was the experience like meeting him? Uh, you know, I can tell you that it was via Skype. So like when you and I talk, but uh, it was video. The one thing I learned immediately was this. The very second he sat down for the interview, the first question he asked was, are you OK? Is there anything you need? What can I do to make you more comfortable? And I thought, you know, here's a very wealthy man. I am very below this man's station. He doesn't need to say a nice thing in the world to me. But we talked. He was very gracious. He told me I should come to Necker Island sometime. And every billionaire that I've met has always been that way. Very gracious, very wonderful, very uh, selfless and really hoping to be of service to others. And the only people that I usually meet that are uh, jerky or mean or whatever are people who think they should be famous or people who feel that they're not as famous as they really are and maybe are still upset about this detail. And so I, I can tell you that the thing I learned most from Richard Branson is that the, the most humble people sometimes are the most wealthy. Ego is the enemy. It's a really good book uh, for anyone who's interested. Uh, what's the importance of being humble, you think, Chris? Um, I, I don't have much of a big ego at all. And usually when I meet people who are expressing their ego, I mostly hear fear in what they're explaining to me. They're usually telling me something uh, <clears throat> as if they're very strong and powerful, and usually it makes me realize how afraid they are of what I think of them or how afraid they are of what other people think or how afraid that maybe they're not as successful. So they have to say things that will make them seem successful. 
And I, uh, I think what I love most doing in that moment is telling people things that make me look very weak because I think it's even funnier to, to turn the, the experience around. I love that, Chris. You met so many amazing people throughout your career, Richard Branson and so many others. What's the best business advice you ever received? The best piece of advice I ever received? Um, you know, I had a lot of great teachers uh, in, in business and uh, a lot of great bosses. And I think probably one of the things that helped me out from a very early age was a teacher. His name was Ken Hadge. And, and he had a lot of great ideas. And one of the things he said was, uh, tell it to me like I'm six years old. Um, and I think there's even a Reddit like this now. It's I, it's either six or five, like explain like I'm five or explain like I'm six. And th- so there's a, there's a whole movement about this. But the reason he said, tell it to me like I'm six years old is that so many people try to use very big words or big set, you know, big concepts. And they try to use uh, language that's very confusing to other people. And I have spent most of my life trying to use simple words, small words, and easy concepts to explain business. And I think it's really been very helpful in my career. I, I really think a lot of the money that I've made in my business comes from saying things in a way that everyone understands quite easily. So I guess it was good advice. Let's talk about marketing. Chris, you're one of the top marketers in the world. Let's say there's someone in the audience who's just started a startup or a business, and they don't know how to market or promote it. What's some of the first steps you recommend pursuing? Well, I, I guess it would matter matter which startup, but I always look for a really simple thing when I talk about how to market, which is, you know, what do you do for other people? A lot of times people spend their time explaining to me uh, why they're important or who, how great they are or how super, but you know... Um, I had a friend who made a software that worked really great and basically all it did was it put it put words on top of pictures, you know, it made all different kinds of text on top of pictures. That was easy. Um, people got it really quickly. Um, I think that most of the big, big companies, you know, Uber is like a taxi company without taxis. Um, Airbnb is like a hotel without a hotel. There's it, It's not hard to think about these things, but what we always have to answer uh, when we're running any kind of a business is, is what do we do for the other person? So in my company, the, the tagline we use at my company is to put more wins on your board. So if you're the kind of person who feels like you're not as successful as you want to be, you're like, oh, well, Chris says he'll help me win more. I mean, that's a pretty good starting point because you know that I'm not going to buy, you know, sell you some software. You know, I'm not going to, you know, uh, try to employ more people in your company. I'm going to probably put you on a path towards some kind of success. I think that we're always trying to seek out how do we explain something in a way that others will understand how we're useful. Um, because if we don't, then we're, we're not selling anything. We're just talking to ourselves. That was a really good piece of advice on marketing and promoting your startup. Chris, I want to come to present day and ask you, how does your average day look like? My average day looks irregular. Uh, it looks very different from day to day. Um, I have four whole appointments today. Um, I usually try my best to work as few hours as possible on the parts of business that I don't like to do. Um, and I spend a lot of my time writing. So uh, I guess because my business involves a lot of courses and webinars and uh, speeches and things like that, it makes sense. Um, but I do a lot of my work anywhere there's good internet and uh, strong coffee. 
and I have a office in my home. I, I used to have an office across the street a little ways, but then I realized I don't understand why because not anyone comes there. So I got rid of it. Um, and sometimes my day will be jump on an airplane and go to another country and meet people. Sometimes my day will be um, sit quietly by myself and not talk to a person for most of the day except for the woman I love. So, you know, it's very – there is nothing regular about my days except that I ask – I try to answer one question all day long, which is how can I help? Entrepreneurs are fascinated about work and life balance and many of us think it's a myth. Do you set any boundaries between those two? Oh, um, I don't set boundaries. I think that uh, work-life alignment matters, not balance, because I never want to eat 50% steak and 50% salt. But it's alignment. You know, the right amount of salt makes steak taste delicious. So, you know, I don't stay glued to my phone. I don't there's no audible note notice notification of anything on my phone or my devices so that if I'm with my kids, I'm very focused on my children. Um, there are certain days of the week, for instance, Sunday when my newsletter comes out that I need to give a few more hours of attention to work. And so my kids know that, but I've really, I've set my life up so that I could be more, uh, in tune and connected with my children. I used to travel a lot. I used to travel almost every three days and I've got it now. So I travel maybe twice a month at the most. So that helps as well with that alignment. And the other thing is even when you're struggling, even when you're very first starting out and remember, I'm as successful as I am. My business struggles just like every business does. And I, I have to put my hours in just like anyone else. Um, I never allow for excuses. And I think that helps with alignment instead of balance. I think that, you know, I, I never say business is really difficult, so I can't be with my family. And I never say that business is really good, so I'm just going to spend a lot of time with my family. I do both all the time because I, I think that, um, you know, there's that quote people say, you're, you're never going to be on your deathbed saying, I wish I did more work. But I also think that, you know, we need to work to feel meaningful. And so I try to do a little bit of both every day, work and family, because I think that that's the only way that we'll find what we're really seeking in our life. How can we achieve the lifestyle you're pursuing? How can we achieve that balance? Well, I, I often, this will sound insulting, I guess. I, I'll, I'll say it and then I'll hope that people don't take too much offense or listen long enough to understand my meaning. Most people don't know why they're working 16 hours. Most people are working 16 hours and 13 of those hours are wasted on, on really dumb things. A lot of our quote-unquote work is reading. Uh, a lot of quote-unquote work is creating content that we're not sure why we're doing it. Uh, it's taking meetings that we shouldn't take. There's a lot, a lot of hours that people spend. You know, When I do surveys of what people really spend their time on versus what they say, like if I really pull into someone's time and look at it, there's so much wasted time. And so the way I tell people is I say, if you could focus just three solid hours, even if you broke it into three 20-minute blocks. So now we have nine 20-minute blocks. That's three hours. If you could make three hours progress on that which matters the most to your business every single day, you'd get more out of it than if you work 16 hours. And that's usually where I find the time for things is that so many people waste so much time as if it's infinite and then they treat money as if it's finite. Uh, but it's the other way around. We can, there's always infinite money in the world. 
there's just not infinite time. And so I, I treat time as a very valuable product. And so I try to use at least three hours a day or at most sometimes three hours a day to be the most valuable time. And that's how I help people. The, the, again, if you take you know, three hours of time and slide it into three 20-minute slots and you put anything that matters the most to your business in that time frame, you're going to have much more success. We came up with a system for this. We call it the 20-minute plan. That's what I'm quoting, so to speak. We have some younger people listening to the show as well. When you were a bit younger, did you feel the same way about time or when did you understand that time is so important and maybe the most important asset we have? Um, probably, uh, I, I mean, I'm an old man, so I probably, probably in uh, 2010, 2011, I guess it was, that I realized that I needed more time the way I wanted it. And that was, again, I was traveling every three days, so I just wasn't seeing my children very much. And it was very hard in, on my family. And so um, uh, I, I think that there's the longstanding quote that time is wasted on the youth. Um, that's probably still true. But it's not that um, – I don't know. I, I would say that the once we come to value time is whenever we've had the opportunity to, to, to take a moment away from our journey and understand what, we're, what we would do with the money we earned if we were as successful as we thought we wanted to be. Chris, I've loved the interview. It's been really good having you on the show. I love your honesty. Chris, do you have any last piece of advice for the audience? I have said the same two words every time someone's asked me this question since 2006. The best advice I could ever give anyone is just be helpful. When we are failing, it's because we're not helping other people. When we are depressed, it's because we're looking too far inside ourselves and we should be helpful. Uh, when we are not not happy in a specific place it's because we haven't taken the time to be helpful so i think it's a, a multi-tool level advice that you could use in a lot of different ways chris that's 100 percent true being helpful is so important and i often forget it chris what's the best way to find your line and connect with you? uh if you just google the name chris i'm usually in the first few search terms but if not go to chrisbrogan.com Chris Brogan, everybody, thank you so much for coming in. It was my pleasure and honor speaking to you. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.